0: You're listening to the Jesus Culture Sacramento Church Podcast.
1: Mother's Day is one of the largest Sundays of the year because if mothers have a card to play, they're grabbing all of their family and making them come. But Father's Day is one of the lowest attendance of the year because if fathers have a card to play, they stay home, they fish, they golf or whatever else. And I was like, that's not right at all. No, like, and, and there was something inside of me that goes, no way. Oh, like, no, we're going to go after that thing. You know, we're going to go after that thing. It's not, Father's Day is not going to be one of the lowest attended of the year. Like, this is not right. And uh, I, we just have a real deep passion to see, again, not just physical fathers. I'm talking about fathers in our midst, that we would see a critical mass of every man in this community, they would say, I want to be a father. I'm going to pour my life out for others. And um, and I, I just have a real heart to see fathers raised up in our environment. I believe it's one of the things that God is doing. I believe that we're to completely go against that thing and say, no, no, no. Father's Day is one of the most packed Sundays of the entire year for us. Because the fathers in this house, again, both physical and spiritual fathers, they are here. They pour their lives out for that. So I thought, well, I could come up and and share on this and open up the Bible about this. But really what I thought more more than anything else was I just wanted to put some fathers in front of you and let them share and put some fathers in this community in front of you who are walking this thing out and who have a heart to father, people who have a heart to challenge and call people to a deeper level and encourage them. So that's what we're doing today. We've given them five minutes. So listen, it is really hard to preach in five minutes. I literally don't know if I've ever done it, but it's hard to preach in five minutes, but we gave them just five minutes. We've got three of the fathers in this community who are going to come and share. And this is what I want to say as well. They're going to share some information and some truth. It's not just the truth that they're sharing today. There's an impartation and a grace on their life that is available if you want to receive it. If you receive a prophet in name of a prophet, you'll get the prophet's reward. Believe the same thing about fathers. So would you guys just stand up and welcome uh, all three of these guys, Jeff, Lloyd, and Dan, as they come to share the word today. All right. Are you ready for this? Jeff, you sat down, but you're the first one up. Let's go. Jeff Kreiser and his wife, who is, uh, you know, host of the week. That was convenient. And uh, they've been such a vital part of our church, really, from the beginning. Uh, Great leaders just in the community, but have just poured themselves out and just jumped in headfirst and seeing this church built a real father in this community. So we're excited to have Jeff. Welcome, Jeff.
2: So great. So great to be able to share. And I just want to share a quick word on strength and weakness uh, so one of the things that I get to do is teach at William Jessup University. I teach marriage and family, is one of the classes that I teach. And one of the things that I do as I talk through uh, a person's development is the three questions that people have to ask and answer about themselves, which is, who am I? Who is safe? And do I have what it takes? Who am I is, is the question of identity. Who is safe is the question of belonging and relationship, and do I have what it takes is the question of capacity. And I will say to every man here, we've grown up in an era of insecurity, an era of disconnectedness, and an era of, of a sense of weakness in terms of what it means to be a man. And it's been uh, an incredible and an interesting journey, and we need each other. So when I when I talk about strength and weakness, I want to tell you, that there was a time when, when our three sons were born. Uh, Heather and I get the privilege of, of parenting three sons who were boys and now they're men. And when they were little, the first time we did it, uh, Nathan was four and Bryce was two, and then we did it again when, when Nathan was five and Bryce was three and Joel was less than one and he just rode on my back. But we gro- rode up uh, Glacier Point Road, we pulled out and we, we climbed Sentinel Dome, 1.3 miles up a trail through a forest, a trail the boys had never seen before. 1.3 miles is is pretty far for a four-year-old and a two-year-old, or a 5 and a three-year-old, and a one-year-old on the back. So we had to make it an adventure. So what we did is made sure that each of the boys had a sword, that each of the boys had a shield, and that each of the boys knew that their father had, when they felt weak and when they were kind of down, that they would be able to have some power pills also known as Skittles. <laughs> so we headed up the trail. We fought several dragons, some bad nights, went up the road, through the forest, across the granite, and they stood with Half Dome behind them. You know, we, we walk trails in our life. Now, uh, all three of my sons are sitting right here, Our young men. And now uh, we do something different. Last night I was at the gym with my oldest son, Nathan. And when you go to the gym, you work out, you do reps, right? How many reps can you do? How strong can you become? And I was really drawn as I was praying about this to First Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, men. It says, uh, as Paul writes to Timothy, physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, having value in, in the present and in the life to come. And I'll tell you, men, that what we need and um, what the women need around us is men who are doing spiritual reps. And and they need what I unknowingly gave my kids when when we climbed Sentinel Dome. We need the sword, which is the word of God. We need the Logos word. We need the Rhema word. We need to receive a word from God. We need a, a shield. We need faith, of course, the symbol in the scripture of faith. And faith isn't just about faith in in that word, but faith is the action we take related to that word. And then we need the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Father has that for us whenever we are feeling weak. Better than Skittles. (laughs) Holy Spirit, power. So word, action, power. But the other thing we had when we walked on that trail was we had each other. Because when we were walking together, when one of us felt a little afraid or a little scared, we could look to the other person and know we had each other's back. We just went through that series on community. And I'll tell you what, I have a strong wife. And that helps us have a strong household. But we've needed strong mentors. And we've needed strong peers. You need to move towards strength to gather strength, but I want you to know that I said at the beginning I wasn't only going to talk about strength, but strength and weakness, because I'll tell you the first part of this year, I've experienced some of the weakest points in my life, where I have felt at the absolute end of myself. Yesterday, we visited some friends at UC Davis Medical Center, whose daughter is at UC Davis Medical Center in the pediatrics unit, but it made memories flood back to me of being there in March, when I sat in a waiting room and a two hour surgery turned into three, turned into four, turned into five, turned into six, and more for my wife. Many of you have been in that situation before, and you feel weak, and you feel powerless and out of control. And the only thing I had was the reps that I'd had earlier about word, faith, and power to hold on to and to step into and through those weakest points because there's promise in the word. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's the power we receive from Christ. When we wait on the Lord, Isaiah 40.31, when we wait on the Lord, we'll renew our strength and rise up on wings like eagles and run and not be weary and walk and not be faint. So if you're weak today, men, if you're strong today, men, women in the room, the Lord has that for you to be able to take the words that you've received, the faith that you've walked into and the power that he'll give you, the community he'll surround you with, to be able to continue to walk that out. I've experienced it in new and profound ways in the year of 2017. Amen.
1: so good. Tomorrow morning at CrossFit, I'm going to bring Skittles, and when I get tired, I'm going to eat them, and I'm going to tell my trainer, they're power pills. (laughs) They're when I'm tired, they're power pills. Man, such a good word, Jeff. I just so appreciate that. Come on, Lloyd. You ready? Lloyd and Shayla Brown, move down here. Uh, uh, before we started, were you guys with us even before we launched? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, just have been such a huge part of this community. Just love both of them so much and their kids. Adorable. Uh, very impressed by your diaper changing skills that you put up there. Uh, really amazing. So, anyways, will you
3: guys just welcome Lloyd. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. I feel honored just to be up here. I mean, these are giants uh, in the faith for sure, standing behind me. And,. Uh, Five minutes will go pretty quick. Uh, There's a little yellow timer up here that's a little intimidating, but um, I'm sure we'll make it. So can I get my voice up in my monitor, actually? I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I've always always wanted to say that. It's just kind of, I don't know, a thing. There goes 30 seconds right there. Um, So what I want to talk to you about today is the faithfulness of god and uh, i haven't been a father super long my daughter she's almost two Uh, my son is four months Um, but i feel like i've been a father for a long time in the spirit and i don't know if there's men out there that can identify with that but it's always been my biggest passion and my biggest the thing i look forward to the most in life was to be to be a father Um, so i'll just tell you some stories about my dad and then tell you a little bit about my life Um, But I grew up, um, my mom and dad got divorced when I was three. I grew up with my mom mainly, so my dad was in and out of my life. Uh, But there's one big thing that he told me, that he taught me, that has stuck with me my entire life. And uh, it's these four little words that have helped me through so many different situations, uh, through so many tough trials and tribulations. And uh, when I felt like I was at my the end of my rope where i felt like it was all going to be over uh the four words that he taught me that stuck with me were help me holy spirit wow. and it was just about god's faithfulness and that god will never leave you he will never forsake you and my dad he was in the army he was a sergeant in the army fought in vietnam and um, he actually wrote the book the training manual for hand to hand combat for vietnam and he has the craziest stories <laughs> Uh, there was one where they were basically setting up an ambush for the enemy. And uh, him and his unit, he was the sergeant, the leader of this unit, they went out and they ambushed, you know, this, you know, this enemy unit. And they basically killed or captured. Uh, actually, they didn't capture anybody. They killed everybody uh, except for one guy. They got down to this one guy, and he was, he was about to run. And his men turned to him, and they said, you know, Basically, like, we should kill him. And my dad was like, no, we're gonna have mercy. We're gonna leave this guy alive. Um, you know, let him go. So they let this guy go. And then a couple weeks later, you know, time goes by, they're doing their thing. And then they get ambushed by the enemy. And when they get ambushed, all their, my, my dad's entire unit, they all either got killed or they ran away. They escaped. My dad was the one left, the last one standing. And he sees this same guy that he let go, walk up to him. And he's like, you had mercy on me, so I'll have mercy on you. Wow. So they kept him, yeah. So they didn't kill him, but they tortured him. Um, he got thrown into a pit full of snakes and rats. And he was in there for like a full 24 hours. And my, I used to always ask my sister, I was like, how come daddy's not ticklish? You know? Um, but it was because of this. It was because he was in a pit with snakes and rats. And he was in there, and he's like, God, he's praying the whole time, like, God, I don't know what to do. Help me, Holy Spirit. Will you help me? And he felt like the Lord told him, if you don't move a muscle, the snakes will eat the rats, and you'll survive. You'll be alive. So he didn't move a muscle for like a full 24 hours, and they opened up the pit, and he was still alive. And they were like, what in the world? Like, They were amazed. So... Long story short, man, I'm running out of time. Um, his unit w- went to the general that was in that stationed in that area. They said, "We want to go and rescue him. We want to go and get him. We think we know where he's at." The the general said no twice. So they just took it upon themselves to go and find my dad, to go and rescue him. And they broke into this enemy camp, like under cover of night, and basically snatched my dad out of there. And that's how he survived, and you know, that's how I'm alive today. Um, So throughout all this, even in my life, I've had moments, I remember playing football. I got hit the hardest I've ever been hit. And I just, I don't remember even getting hit. I just remember laying on the ground, looking up at the sky, like I cannot move a muscle. I don't know what's wrong. I might be paralyzed. I just remember saying, help me, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help. I need your help. I don't know what's going on. And they came and got me up off the ground and I walked away and the doctors checked me out. And they said, like, you're totally good. You don't have, I was sure I had a concussion. And they said, you don't have any symptoms. There's nothing wrong. And even other situations in my life, I remember I had like a, basically a mild stroke uh, a couple years ago and did the CT scan and went to the hospital and couldn't, my hand went numb. I was seeing double vision. I just remember praying in the hospital bed, help me, help me, Holy Spirit. I know you're there. I know you hear me. Please help me. And he pulled me through, and they said, all your tests came back negative. We couldn't find anything. Um, There's nothing wrong with you. Here's some aspirin. Go home. (laughs) So just remember that throughout your life, men, women, fathers, mothers, kids, he's always there. He always hears you. He knows exactly what you need. So you can say those four small words, help me, Holy Spirit, and he'll be there.
1: How many of you would rather take a chance in a lion's den than a snake den? <laughs> I'm like, can I take the lions? Because, yeah, wow, that's amazing. Hey, did any of you grow up at church where the pastors sat up on the stage the whole time? Who grew up in a church like that? I'm going to start doing that. I am loving this right now. <laughs> I am absolutely loving being up here. I'm gonna, I'm, this is what's happening. Me and you, CJ, every service, we're going to be up here. You don't look like you're for that. <laughs> I am the senior pastor of this church. <laughs> Hey, Dan Baker is going to come up uh, in just a moment. But um, uh, I-, I met, I don't know when we met, my daughter played basketball uh, for his wife. And uh, I remember just going uh, to lunch with him or breakfast, whichever one, and just was so impacted and impressed by his relationship with the Lord, by the insight and wisdom that he carried. Uh, they've been just a great part of this church and uh, have really... Uh, behind behind the scenes, in a way, have impacted so many people uh, in this environment. Just so appreciate him. He is the reason why Dean is at another church right now. Interestingly enough, so we won't get into that one. But uh, um, he's the guy that told Dean, uh, you know, kind of shook Dean up and, and that transitioned Dean. Thank you for thank you for that, Dan. Appreciate you. Um, he usually attends the eight thirty service. I made his family come to the ten o'clock service, and for that we're grateful. But would you guys welcome Dan as he comes?
0: start the don't start the clock yet. I'm crying out for mercy. I'm the old guy. I have three grandchildren. Two of them are identical twin girls. The other one is four and a half years old also a a girl. Um, It's one of the greatest times of my life right now. It's so interesting. I wanna talk to you about finding breakthrough in the midst of brokenness. And I wanna go backwards before I go forward to something that the Lord said to me in 1995. The Lord asked me a question one day and that's how he works in my life. He prefaces some question that I can't answer. He said, why did Elisha need a double portion of the anointing? I said, Lord, I have no idea, and he answered me very quickly and said this. It's because Elijah was a prophet of judgment, and Elisha was a prophet of compassion and mercy, and it takes twice as much of the anointing to love people than it does to judge them. At that time, I was very strong in the prophetic, but I was very critical, judgmental, and annoying. (laughs) Right, it's either the anointing or the annoying. I knew in that moment that Jesus was asking me to begin a new journey with him, a journey of learning what relational generosity was. Over the last year and a half, I was made aware of the depth of that work. I never dreamed I would have to endure the loss of not only one parent, but both within almost a year of each other. Having been estranged from them for over 20 years due to physical, emotional, and mental issues, not to mention the spiritual warfare that was happening, I found myself saying out loud one day, God, please do not let the last time I see my parents be at their funerals. There was a longing deep in my heart for family. At Christmas, I was lonely. At Father's Day, I was lonely. At family events, I was lonely. And the Bible says that God puts the lonely in families. That's what I found here. It's a family. I believe this simple prayer was God beginning the miracle of divine intervention, of generational blessing, the blessings that supersede the sins of the forefathers. James 5.16 says the effectual fervent prayer of a man in right standing with God availeth much. The word fervent means to have an intense feeling and enthusiasm for something. Anyone who knows me knows I can be intense. Soon after praying this prayer, I received a call from the hospital concerning my dad needing help. I drove the 55 minutes to Stockton. The door was now open. Upon my arrival, I came face to face with their reality. Their lives were in total chaos. They were brokenhearted and crushed in spirit. I took one look at my mother, and I was eight all over again. I did not know yet I didn't know it yet, but God had a plan. How many know that? (laughs) Psalm 147, verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Over the next five months, God did a quick work. God empowered me to stand up to my mother and my father. My mother was put into a memory care facility. I cleaned, filed, and organized the entire life of my parents. Every day, God would say, Honor by serving your father. I kept hearing faith without works is dead. God said this to me every single day, show up and do the work. My main prayer was, God, let me finish well. My father never believed in the Lord. He thought I was part of a cult. Sometimes I can see that. (laughs) He made his comments and harassed me at times. I set my face like Flint and marched on. One day, my father began to compliment me, scary at the best, on the work that I was doing. He said things like, I could not do this without you. I would think to myself, steady as she goes, it's early in the game, remember the Alamo. (laughs) (laughs) The Bible says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. I call it embracing the mustard seed where you can speak to that mountain and it'll be removed. Breakthrough number one. Three months into this journey, my 84-year-old father turns to me and says, son, I have bad thoughts about God. I need to get saved. My daughter and I led him to the Lord on October 25th, 2015. During this time, I never talked to him about Christ. He saw me working, serving, and caring for him. I did not go into this relationship to receive anything from my father or my mother. I went into this relationship to honor them and finish well. <laughs> 35 years of prayer answered without a word. First Chronicles 14 calls him Jehovah Bel Perizim, the master of the breakthrough. David said, He's broken through the hand of my enemies as easy as a hand moving through water. There was no resistance from my dad. Over the next several months, God led my father and I through a three step process. Number one, repentance. We ask each other, And we ask each other for forgiveness, and we ask God for forgiveness. Dad worked on being kind, I worked on honoring. Every day, driving back to Sacramento, God would examine my heart, he would work on me, and he would say things like this. He would cause me to remember some things that I had forgotten, things that I had to own my own stuff. How many know sometimes you gotta own your own stuff for God to break out in your life? And so it's amazing how God has perfect recall and I like to have amnesia. (laughs) Anybody ever have amnesia? It's convenient at the least. The second thing was reconciliation. We begin to resolve our issues, settle accounts, and restore our friendship. The third was restoration. Our relationship was healed. We were once again able to be relationally generous with each other. We worried about each other. We looked out for each other. We loved one another. Psalm 51, 12, restore to me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. A few days after dad's salvation, my mom had a severe stroke. She survived 14 days and passed on November 14th. I wrote the obituary and preached the memorial. I finished well. In late November, dad took ill. He had several strokes, but he recovered. We had to get all of his affairs in order. I had looked at the will when my mom was admitted to the facility, excuse me. I was not in the will. Breakthrough number two. On December 16th, I was given back my inheritance. (laughs) What the enemy intended for evil, God meant for good. On April 21st, 2016, I brought Dad to Sacramento to be closer to me. I spent almost every day with him. God gave us one Christmas and two Father's Days together. We laughed and prayed a lot. On November 9th, one day before my 60th birthday, Dad went home to be with Jesus. Here's what I can tell you. God is the God of the breakthrough, and Perhaps today you're like I've grown so weary and well doing in this area. But I want you to know something. It wasn't about me. It was about the divine intentionality of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There is something called divine convergence where all those prayers that you have prayed and the generations before you have prayed, it's not just about right now, but it's about what God has prepared to invade your circumstance with. So I will tell you this. Wrong generational choices have affected future generational voices. So it's time for you and I to begin to make different choices. There's an apathy over the church. The church is asleep, but there is a voice of God that is coming. And it is not the still, small, quiet voice of God, but it is the loud voice of God from Revelation. That is, there is going to be an awakening. And this story of my father is going to become your story and your story and your story and your story and your story. story.
1: Thank you. Why don't you stand up, come on. So good. Why don't you just uh, grab the hand of somebody next to you. I'm gonna let you go in just a moment. But Father, I just ask, raise up fathers in this house. Raise up spiritual fathers in this house who would walk in the things they just talked about, who would be able to carry the anointing, who would be able to carry the wisdom and and would be able to impact. Lord, we're just so grateful for who is here. We just say, God, raise up and challenge. I, I just wanna challenge every man in this room Step up and be the father that God's called you to be. Whether you have physical kids or not, not the issue. Be a father in this environment.